I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. You're listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. And this week, or this week, I guess it's this week. This week-ish. <laughs> this week. I keep thinking of next month. Uh, me and Buck are pretty excited. We, there's just a ton of games coming out right now. It's a, it's a beautiful time to be a gamer. And September 2019 looks to be, at least in my opinion, one of the greatest months and releases in, God, it could be a decade or so, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, typically September isn't a month where you'd expect. You might, October, November, you think, kind of everybody revving up for the holidays. But yeah, September, we're getting hit hard with, it might be the most releases in just in general and big names, everything else that I can remember. Yeah, and I'm sure it's actually not. But just, just from the lineup that we're looking at and how consistent it is, like every week, just one or two like really good games. It's it's pretty crazy, and it doesn't matter what system you own. You're going to have something to play, something to enjoy over the course of the next few months, most likely. Yeah, it's crazy. Even there's exclusives for everybody. You could even like dust off the Xbox One and fire it up for some stuff. So, yeah, somebody can. <laughs> I won't be. So I, I definitely wanted to have us mention a couple games that are even just coming out right here at the end of August, leading us into September. Buck, I know you had one you wanted to talk about. Go ahead and uh, lead us off. Yeah, the one I'm probably possibly the most hyped up for. Well, actually, that's not true, but close. Probably the second most hyped up for the games we're going to talk about is Astral Chain from uh, good old Platinum Games. And all the Platinum Games, I mean, I haven't played one that hasn't delivered on the combat side. And this one looks super stylistic and, I don't know, it should just be... Looks really good. Should be a lot of fun. I know it got like a 38 out of 40 from Famitsu on the Japanese reviews from the the one magazine that still exists. So, I mean, I'm thinking it's probably going to be pretty good. It might be a a day one purchase for me. We'll see. Well, I mean, any platinum release is pretty much a cause for celebration. They nail it most of the time. And Astral Chain looks kind of like a kind of like an original game for them to be working on. Sure, it's going to have their their standard really flashy action combat but it, it, there's also apparently like a detective situation going on in between all that plus you uh you're not only c- controlling your main character but you're also controlling uh i guess it's your astral is that what those little helper dudes are you kind of have to tell them what to do they fight alongside you you can do like combo attacks and things with them it looks really interesting yeah because it is it a little bit like Xenoblade kind of where there's a you have your you like your person your your blade or your weapon astral now I've never played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 so you're yeah, gonna talking about yeah I don't I don't know um, I don't know like how autonomous they are without you giving them directions and things like that or if they're more of like a doppelganger where you do an attack and according to that button maybe they always do a particular type of action and combo with you i don't know there's probably different modes to that but you also have different astrals for different scenarios i know you have like melee and ranged and this game actually reminds me a lot and this is this is going way way back in the back machine uh chaos legion for the ps2 this reminds me going way back yes a capcom classic uh and one that's probably not very well remembered but it's a pretty cool game and this when i first saw this i was like oh is this made by capcom because it has some like spiritual sequel to it and definitely not, but it has a, it looks like it may have been a little inspired by it. 
it has a definitely a heavy anime influence. And Chaos Legion, I do remember back in the day, that game was really hard. So I remember I got that game oh, for yeah. Christmas in, I want to say, 2003. And I did put a decent amount of time into it, but it was a, a much harder version of Devil May Cry, kind of. It was a much harder version of Devil May Cry without the really deep combat mechanics. It had a lot of good ideas, but the game design itself, the level design, left a little bit to be desired. So I think that's a reason why it's been lost to time. From what I'm seeing in Astral Chain, it looks like the the graphics, the action, uh, it looks like there's a pretty good focus on story. I think all of it looks like it's going to be one cohesive package. And w- with it in Platinum's hands, I'm honestly, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I'm happy just to have a new IP to get excited for because so much of I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. So much would I buy and just look for a sequel, sequel, sequel. I mean, it's nice to get a new, you know, original property that looks good, that they're taking a little bit of a chance on, that hopefully will become, you know, a new IP out there in the future. That or hopefully it's just a a really solid uh, one-off. I mean, Platinum's done a few of those. What was that awesome shooter that was on, like, the PS3 and Xbox 360 that everybody forgot about? Oh, Vanquish? That yes. was a lot of fun. Yes, that game was wicked. It, it may fall under that, but hopefully it is good. Hopefully they do come out with a couple of them. But, I mean, time will tell. And I think I think there's a demo coming out. Actually, no, I don't actually think there's I a demo it coming out. it comes out Friday. I think <laughs> I just read that. I think the people at E3 got a chance to play a demo of it. Yeah, we're recording this on what, Sunday the 25th. It comes out on the 30th, so we got five days. I doubt there's a demo coming out before. That's true. I wish it was. Maybe they'll have a demo that comes out upon release. That way, at least people can try it out, see if it's their cup of tea. I think yeah, that's always cool a good idea. That. They don't have anything to lose there, if, as long as the demo is good. Yeah, exactly. And I think that one is going to be a full price game. So uh, it's going to burn your wallet just like the rest of these games. So uh, this the rip wallet for this next month. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, and then one more game coming out at the end of this month, and it's actually going to be. Like Buck said, we're recording on the 25th. It's coming out tomorrow, the 26th, and that's classic WoW. Oh, yeah, that's what I... You're right, there's one I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, I I was like, that's one of the biggest releases of the year. I can't believe you didn't think about it. But uh, that should be pretty interesting for anybody who had left WoW or still playing WoW. Uh, You do have the, the opportunity, especially if you're like me. And Buck, I think you got into it pretty late, too. I think you started with Missa Pandaria as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'm definitely going to go ahead and try and try it out because you don't have to buy the game. If, as long as you have your subscription, you can play both versions, which is really smart. So I'm definitely going to try it out. I'm interested to see like where the game started, see what everybody talks about. Like, oh, the game's so dumbed down. They took away all of the really interesting aspects of it, you know, player choice, things like that. So I'm interested to kind of find out yeah, where it all came from. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting because I think I don't know this for a fact. So I think a lot of people remember, you know, Vanilla WoW really fondly for nostalgia's sake. Be interesting to see what happens when we get those people actually thrown back into it and see if it's as, you know, the rose colored glasses hold up. I'm kind of skeptical myself because I know there's a lot of quality of life situations like they don't have quest markers they don't tell you where to go you have to you have to read the quest text and just kind of figure out what npcs you need to talk to that'll be really interesting because i don't think (laughs) i'm going to have the patience for that but most importantly what i want to do is i want to go back and see how like similar like the combat and gameplay 
still resembles what it is now. And then also like I'm interested for uh, not having class specializations. You get a, you learn all your, your abilities while you're going through the game and then you have your skill trees that you can kind of power up different aspects of your character. You still have those specializations, but they're skill trees instead of, Hey, I want to be this type of warrior or this type of warrior. You can kind of homogenize them or hybridize them together as you see fit. And there's a lot of extra things like you actually have to buy level ups for skills and you have to like level up weapon proficiencies and things like that. So that'll be interesting. That's definitely, that's definitely cool because like you said, you have to pick what spec you want to roll these days versus just actually um, adding the points into the, the classes themselves. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. And I know I was listening to, I follow a few uh, wow YouTubers and they were saying that the numbers of people registered for wow classic is insane. Like it's going to basically have too many people for the servers. It's a lot more people than they thought even. Yeah. They had a pre-registration thing. I think it was about two weeks out from the start where you'd create your, your character names and you'd pick what servers you wanted to be on. And uh, yeah, it has been uh, pretty ridiculous from what I'm, what I'm being told. So it, it should be interesting. I'm probably not going to try and get on tomorrow. I know that. <laughs> That's going to be a nightmare. I may give it a, a couple weeks and then jump on. That way it's not me and like 600 people trying to kill the same boar. Not <laughs> not sounding fun. I'm definitely interested to at least check out some, uh, some gameplay and just some reviews on it to see, you know, just what people think after going back in. It'll be interesting to see the people that were there and then people like us that have no nostalgia for it and kind of what we think of it. Yeah, because I, I definitely think uh, people who played back in those days can't understand like how we how we look at it, how we feel about it and, and vice versa. So it'll be definitely interesting conversations on YouTube and the forums and things like that. But definitely something to keep uh, your eyes out for if you've been playing the game recently and you've been frustrated with BFA, because I know a lot of people are. I got burnt out on it. Just not a ton to do. Got kind of boring. But, you know, you just you get your $15 subscription back and you can go ahead and play vanilla or jump in between them if you want. So yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty good deal. Hopefully BFA does get better. Cause I thought uh, from at least my time playing. Wow. I thought Legion was the peak of when I've been there. I don't think anybody who pl played from Missa Pandaria to today would argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we move on to the September games? What we're actually supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Well, first one, I know we're both, thrilled about this and we've been waiting a while for it and i know a lot of people were just like when's final fantasy 8 gonna come out on the switch what are they doing what a bastard stepchild that title has been <laughs> and now we know why they're remastering it and i mean it looks good it does i mean at least the character models do the the gf summons look awesome i'm looking forward to replaying it. i've been looking for any excuse to go ahead and replay it this is as good as any and I know I'm going to probably pick it up on the Switch. Yeah, just for the portability alone, I'll be I'll be picking it up there too. Did they announce a price point on it? Twenty bucks. Oh, that's not bad. I just wish no. they had, it'd be cool if they had a physical copy, but you know I still got the original physical copy eight, so I guess I'm good. Well, they never released the physical copies of you know seven and nine, so yeah, I highly doubt that's going to happen. That's a good point. I thought they might have like a Play Asia version or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's coming out on the 3rd. Uh, I think it's coming out to everything on the 3rd. I don't think any of them are getting delayed. 
No, it is. It's it's across the board. PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Everybody's getting it. That's good to hear. And if anybody hasn't played eight for any reason, you need to. It's so underrated. It's criminal. Well, I think it's just gotten a bad rap from people, almost people that haven't played it and just heard about it and just kind of jump on the bandwagon. It's one of those games that you have to play and make up your own mind about because it's not one that like you could be like, oh, yeah, it's like this title in the series because it's probably one of the more unique ones. Yeah, oh no, it certainly is. And eight and two are probably about the two most unique and twelve, I guess, too. Oh, don't don't label it with two. (laughs) Two is garbage, but it was unique garbage. Yeah, it was. It was unique garbage. If you don't even if you're not even interested in the combat or anything like that, the story of Final Fantasy, at least get it for Triple Triad. That's all I've got to say. Literally one of the the best side quests mini games in any video game I've ever played. I've probably spent over half of my time that I put into that game in that mini game. And I almost never play those, but if you like trading card games, then get much better. Than and it's simple, which is awesome. Final fantasy nine, your card game sucks. Well, it's simple and it's also complex enough to have a lot of strategy. It's like simple to learn, but hard to master type thing, which is the best way. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's cards, there's new cards to collect all the way through the game, so that's just something else to look forward to while you're progressing in the story. But as far as I'm concerned, there's besides maybe the story being a little convoluted, and maybe a, I know people are just like, oh, it's kind of just like a generic love story. If you can get past kind of the reviews that people have been throwing out, you'll actually find a pretty deep, interesting story with a lot of pretty cool characters. I actually thought that the story was one of the better points of it in because it's told from from two different two different generations, which is really cool because you have flashback scenes throughout the game with a set of characters. You have your set of main characters with uh, Squall, Zell, Renoa and company, and you have the flashback set with Laguna and his crew. So you get to see the story through two different perspectives of the well, the same world and about you know, 20, 30 years apart. So it's, it's an interesting story. Yeah. I think, nine. <laughs> yeah. I think most people got frustrated about that part because they were just like, well, I don't want to play with these other characters and keep in mind when you're playing uh, those specific sections, they're not that long. So just kind of enjoy the story for what it is because it is really interesting. And uh, it, uh, it definitely enhances uh, the rest of the game story. So enjoy it for that, and just know that if you're not into that combat, it'll end soon. But you'll never get out of having to deal with the the magic draw system. (laughs) That's true. I think a big reason that maybe people that didn't stick with the game weren't that fond of the flashbacks and things like that, a lot of things don't get revealed till near the end, and then things start making sense. So I'd say 80% of the way through the game, the... The main, like the current timeline, the flashbacks, I mean, they just seemed like two totally separate things until about the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of the game that ties in really well. Yeah. So just keep that in mind if that bothers you. But it's definitely uh, worth a shot. And for 20 bucks, I mean, you definitely don't have much to lose there. No, it's nice to see it get the, the spotlight it deserves when it, we felt like it got, you know, it got shafted when they revealed all the fan, all, all the final fantasies coming to the switch 
Yeah, this definitely makes up for it. I'm looking forward to playing with a new shiny coat of paint. So September 3rd has a few other releases as well. Uh, we also have the Spyro Reignited Trilogy coming to the Switch, which is exciting for portable players. And that was a, that was a great game. Played it with my wife. She grew up playing Spyro, and that's her favorite series in general. It's crazy how much polish and how good those games look. I mean, they play almost the exact same, but they look fantastic. I mean, if that's it's one of the things, if you grew up with Spyro, that might be kind of how you remember them in your head is what they actually look like now. Like, it's crazy. And there's no microtransactions, and it's done by Activision, so kudos. That's a first. If they would have, if they could have got those in there somehow. <laughs> there might have been the Switch version. Yeah, that would have been painful. It, it, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm just like, Capcom, why are you putting microtransactions in your Devil May Cry games? Like, yeah. why are you shoehorning them in so hard? But that is good to hear. So uh, one of my questions I want to ask you about that. So the graphics are updated. You said the controls aren't specifically. Um, did you find that uh, partial issue or did you find the controls were perfectly fine? No, the controls. I mean, the original, we actually played through the original Spyro trilogy probably six months or a year before Reignited came out. And I thought, I mean, those games still hold up really well. The controls are perfectly fine so the controls are also i mean they're very good on this one but it's not really anything any different than the uh, originals that's a good deal yeah so definitely definitely check that out if you've uh, been waiting to pick it up on the switch i did not notice a uh, price point on this one probably i think it's 40, 40 bucks it was 40 on the other so i'm assuming 40 yeah that would make sense then okay and then we have a uh we have another remake as well, and that's going to be... I actually don't know if this is this is not a remake. Maybe this is a remaster, or is this just all of the content built into one, and that's a Catherine Full Body Edition? Yeah, it's a, a remake, I think, but they also had... There's a third character now. There's a third Catherine. Ah, of course. Let's not confuse it anymore. Yeah. Did you ever play that game? I couldn't remember. No, I, not, no, I have not. I know you've been singing its praises for years. And I just haven't got around to it. That's a it's an awesome puzzle game. It has one of the most open choice mechanics and it has I don't know how many, probably like twenty five, thirty different endings. And it's not like cut and dry, this is good, this is bad choices, which is really cool. I know me and my buddy Brad went through it in I wanna say probably twenty fifteen when it was it was free on, on PS plus one month, so it's downloaded on there. And it's a really, really good game. It just one of the games I just got for free, and it really surprised me the quality of just the game in general. The story super unique. The writing choices definitely something to check out if you haven't played it. And is it like equivalently like puzzle and story elements, or is it more of either one, or does it just as a nice combination of the two? Oh, it's it's pretty much fifty fifty. I mean. You go through a level, then you get dropped into, like, all the story sequences, or most of them take place with NPCs within a bar. Mm -hmm. So you go, like, a level, then you go back to the bar, then you go to a different level, because the story, every time you fall asleep at night, basically, you go have, like, a new nightmare, and it's a new level. So your days typically go, you, you know, have a nightmare, you wake up, go to work, have whatever story sequences play out go to the bar, talk to all your buddies, NPCs and stuff, and then you go back to bed and have another nightmare. And it kind of just 
goes in that fashion the whole way. Sounds like a Persona puzzle game to me. There's not like social links or, or school simulators as far as like that. Like you don't have any kind of social links except with, I guess you could call it like the, the Catherines, the two of them in the original, I guess now three in the remake. Otherwise, you just kind of talk to your buddies about what's going on because I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but it's it's a really unique and cool story. Cool. All right. We'll definitely uh, look forward to that one. Like I said, that one comes out on the third, and I think that's coming to pretty much everything: PS4, Xbox One, Steam. Do you know the price point? On I that don't. One? I do not. I'm guessing probably twenty thirty at this point. I would think no more than forty for sure. All right, let's move right along. Uh, we, the next one is not a new game, but uh, an expansion to one of uh, the biggest hits of 2018, and that's Monster Hunter Iceborne coming out on the 6th. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in Monster Hunter World, so you're going to have to enlighten us on. I've mm. seen, it, I mean, it looks cool, stuff's happening in the snow, but I don't know <laughs> a lot of what's going on. Well, I'll be honest, I haven't played much Monster Hunter since probably like April of last year. I put like three or four hundred hours into it, like after it came out, and uh, I haven't really been following any of the information on Iceborne. So everything that you just said, oh, it's a snowy wasteland and there's dragons and monsters to slay. That's pretty much it. But any expansion in a Monster Hunter game basically just brings with it new environments, you know, more monsters to hunt, and from those hunts, uh, obviously, more materials to build armor and weapons. Thus, different combinations of equipment uh, that you'd uh, want to put together, make other hunts easier, things like that. I'm sure they, uh, they're they going to bring in different types of events and things of that nature, probably different uh, Capcom cameos, things of that, of that sort. So it should be interesting. I know a lot of the fans have been uh, clamoring for a big content update. They have been sprinkling uh, a few different monsters you know, every couple of months, like one at a time which has probably been a little too slow, at least for someone like me. And they had the the Final Fantasy XIV crossover, since we have to mention fourteen every episode, it seems like, in our contract. I know they had a crossover event with them going on. That's true, they did do that. I don't think I took part in any of that, because I don't <laughs> remember when that happened. I did see I did see a reference to it in fourteen at least. Yeah, I killed the Rathalos in fourteen. Very nice. I think I killed it in Smash. <laughs> cool <laughs> very cool but uh, i think if you've you know if you've taken a break from monster hunter it's probably as good any reason to come back and uh keep playing the game i think it's 30 bucks don't uh don't hold me to that but i'm pretty sure that's how much i saw it was if they pack as much content as you know typically in a monster hunter game i mean that'd be well worth it because that's like you said hundreds of hours of content yeah, if you like if you like grinding and trying to get all the different equipment and things like that, and especially if you have friends that you play with, like that game is a blast, multiplayer. I don't even care if you're trying to play with your on your 3DS with the awkward grips. I don't it even care. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way you would play it is if we were playing together. Yeah. So uh single player, not as great, but uh the Monster Hunter World uh was a fantastic release last year, and uh this this will only make it better. All right, so we got uh, two more games coming out on the 10th. Uh, one of them is probably a game that not a whole lot of people have heard of, but if you have, I'm sure you're looking forward to it, and that's uh, Blasphemous, which is a uh, an indie title that got kickstarted a couple years ago, uh, and it's basically uh, 
pixel art metroidvania-esque souls-inspired hack 2d hack and slash adventure game uh it's got a lot of dark visuals and you know lots of blood and gore and things of that nature and uh it looks to it looks to be pretty interesting um i know when i i saw the kickstarter i was immediately drawn into it because they did a, a great kickstarter campaign uh with lots of you know like cool assets and animations and i was like well you know they already got the art style down pat so that's half the battle um and from what i saw the the at least the movement and the combat looked serviceable and from the work that they've done over the last two years it looks really good so i'm very much looking forward to that and that's coming out on the 10th for pretty much everything steam xbox switch and ps4 you know they really haven't done that much advertising outside of like steam and if you've randomly seen like an advertisement on youtube i don't think it's got a ton of exposure which i think is unfortunate but you know how many indie games are coming out these days yeah, it's impossible. I can't keep up with the actual slated releases like we're going to be talking about this month, much less the indie games. So where you told me, I just learned about it and we we're just talking earlier today. And so I'm definitely going to at least look into it and watch some gameplay videos and stuff on there. Yeah, no, you should definitely check it out. And of course, I'll let you know how it is. I already backed it, so I'll be getting uh, my copy on release day. You know me, love my Metroidvania and my 2D action games. I'm sure it'll be fabulous should be right up your alley that's for sure yeah it looks like a a much improved death's gambit it came out and it was a little bit of a disappointment um and it was a little hard for me to get into uh, and that one got way more advertisement than this one did because you knew about death's gambit going into it yeah i knew about death's gambit and i feel like like uh, i heard from some people it was pretty good i know you said it was just kind of okay i know it came around came out around the same time as dead cells which is a fantastic game and I think that's kind of still a little bit of the thunder of it. I think that's probably part of it. But I think also Death's Gambit was trying to sell itself on being like a Souls-like. And it was like, oh, this game's really hard. But the problem was the controls weren't tight enough to support a game that was that hard. But it was one of those. It is a game that has RPG elements that where you can, you can kind of power your way through it regardless. It got away with a little bit uh, in that regard, at least for me. I did enjoy it for what it was. I think it was like a 15-hour game. I'd probably give it a 6 or 7 out of 10. Did like, they try and make it hard just because, like, did they try and make it hard by making the controls suck, or you think the controls just kind of no, suck? I don't, that I, no, I don't, I don't think the controls were... See, the controls were kind of... They, were, they felt, like, delayed a little bit. It felt a little bit like... I, I want to say, like, the first Dark Souls, you know, like, when you'll, like, tap two buttons... You'll oh, tap yeah. like one button really fast. It'll cache that second entry and you'll do like two rolls instead of one just because you got a little trigger happy. It'll do stuff like that. It felt just a little too, a little too floaty, not exact enough, but it was still an okay game. Um, and if you're looking for a 2D Dark Souls game, if that's what you're looking for, I actually think besides Salt and Sanctuary, Death Gambit's done it the best as far as I've seen, as I've played so far. Blasphemous looks like it's a little less RPG, a little bit more uh, Hollow Knight for people who are fans of that. I don't think there's so much uh, the RPG elements are so much there, but you get little like trinkets and things that help you uh, upgrade your abilities and give you different benefits while you're you know traversing in, in combat. So it'll be interesting to see. I've actually kind of after I uh, backed it, I've kind of 
trying trying to go in pretty blind at this point, so I haven't been following the progress as much or watching many videos. So I'm interested to see what happens. Should be a good time. But if you're not into that, September 10th also has Gears 5 for all you Xbox fans. Yeah, at least it gives Xbox fans, you know, a nice exclusive. I mean, that's this generation has definitely been rough after, you know, the PS3 360 generation. I would definitely argue that they came out on top of those two. And I mean, they shot themselves in the foot with the start of the Xbox one with all the um, having to be online and everything. But it's just been slow as far as exclusives go. And it's nice to, to know that they are getting, you know, a good exclusive. It feels a little overdue. Yeah, especially for one of their like landmark franchises. You think they would have wanted it out a little little sooner? Maybe there was issues with it. I don't know. But I mean, it looks good. I don't really know uh, what what if anything new it's bringing to the table. Uh, usually, a Gears of War game is a Gears of War game. You know what to expect going into it. I mean, I, have, I don't think I've honestly played past two. I have. So I'm, I'm not sure really. I know. The games are quality. They're definitely good, solid quality tiles, and I'd be shocked if this one wasn't also a super, you know, high quality game. So it should be good. It's just not something that's, you know, going to be on the the top of my radar to buy this month. But I can certainly understand it is for the people that enjoy cover shooters and experiences. It should be fantastic for a third person co-op experience. If that's what you're looking for, you really can't go wrong or do much better than the Gears series. So yeah, I'm sure up they are. They're a ton of fun co-op. That's pretty much the only way I beat. I think we beat one and two co-op. Yeah, and we still haven't finished Resident Evil five. So what does that say? <laughs> That's kind of surprising. <laughs> we both beat that separately, though. So. And I think we actually both like Resident Evil five more than we like Gears of War one and two. Maybe That's I don't true. know. <laughs> it's a little bit. It feels a little bit more fun co-op. But Gears of Wars, the, the first two games are probably actually better. Regardless, though, uh, that. That's definitely great for Xbox fans. Um, like I said, that comes out on the 10th. Full price game should and be. It's on, it's on Game Pass day one, too, for anyone that does have Game Pass. I mean, I don't have it, but it seems like a you know, a yes. fantastic service to have if you use your Xbox a lot. Yeah, it comes out early on Game Pass. Pretty oh, sure. Damn, that's really cool. Yeah, I think it comes out on like, I think it's a week early. I think it comes out on the 3rd. I mean, Game Pass is basically a better version of Stadia, right? <laughs> Anything's a better version of Stadia. <laughs> Good lord. What a dumpster fire. I don't even want to do an episode on that. Consider this the episode. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be bad. But... Damn it, Google. What are you doing? But yeah, Gears 5. I don't really have too much else to say about it. It should be good. But just don't know. Don't have a lot of experience with this, especially later entries in the series. So Expect a sweet, gory co-op shooter. Uh, we'll move on. We got a, a first person shooter coming out, one that's been uh, well overdue for fans. And I know it's been God, it's been over advertised almost at this point. And that's Borderlands three coming out on the 13th for pretty much everything except the switch. And, and I couldn't. And I could. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's not coming out for Steam. It's going to be on the Epic Game Store. <laughs> what? Uh, guess I'm getting it for the PS4. <laughs> In a, in a year where Bloodstained doesn't get released, this would easily be my most anticipated game. Yeah, I mean, how long has it been since 2 came out? Was it 20, 2011, 2012? Like, it's been a yeah, long time. Yeah, 2011, 2012. They supported the game for like two years, and 
Yeah, this one's been in development for a long time, and uh, fans have been been yearning for a new experience. I mean, we did get the pre-sequel, not not exactly what we wanted a few <laughs> years after that, but I think it was still a pretty good game. I still like going back and playing that one, as well as the original. Uh, but Borderlands 3 looks to, from everything that I've seen, besides all the stupid fiascos on social media and like taking down people's YouTube channels, oh my god, it's been <laughs> ridiculous. I apologize uh, to, I believe his, his name was uh, Sup Matto. He was doing a lot of coverage of the game leading up to the release. He was covering the stories of, you know, everything from being excited to it to, you know, like what the CEO, Randy Pitchford, was doing, all that, all the scandals he was getting in. Oh, I and, they sent, that. <laughs> and they sent, uh, like, special investigators to his house and Good took Lord. his channel down temporarily. And now it's finally been taken down. You You can't even get to his channel anymore. It's madness. I've never heard of something like that happening. And that's that's what they're doing with a super fan, basically. Yeah, basically. I mean, he was getting into like some nitty gritty stuff, trying to figure out, just trying to bring news that maybe they didn't want as many people to see the light of day. And I mean, yeah, that's Randy just he was doing some sketchy stuff <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. And I mean, he was just being a journalist. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I followed him. I followed most of the uh, Borderlands YouTubers, and uh, I didn't have any issues with him. He seemed like a good dude. And uh, I feel really bad for what happened to him since his whole channel got taken down. Because I know he'd been working for years on that, and he was finally getting quite a quite a following. Well, especially uh, he had a huge spike, too, with three coming out. I feel bad about that. But even with all of that stuff, Borderlands 3, uh, if it wasn't Borderlands and it was another, another game that I... W- haven't been looking forward to so long i might try to put my money where my mouth is and not pick it up due to all this crap there's really nothing that's going to stop me from picking up this game and playing the ever-living shit out of it so because <laughs> i, I just, the, the countless hours that i've put into uh the first three games especially the second one is just ridiculous and, you know i played all the dlcs the day they came out and you know leveled up all the characters farmed all the guns uh, Borderlands 3, for someone who likes first-person shooters, RPGs, you like your you like your genre being called a looter shooter or apparently now a schluter, which is the That's most the depressing thing. genre. Yes. Freaking <laughs> Randy called it that. Ugh. Oh, God. The oh, dirtiest, dirtiest mouth in the game, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. So uh, don't, be, don't, be calling, don't be calling your game a schluter, please. <laughs> But 2 had so much content. Like, it was ridiculous. If a game with that much content came out this day and age, you'd have to pay $200 for half of it being DLC. Or like yeah. Destiny behind paywalls released every year. Like, there was a ridiculous amount of content in Borderlands 2. Yeah, it was crazy, I think. So you bought the game full price. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season pass, I want to say, was 40 bucks. You got... 40 uh, story or 40. You got four story expansions to it. New levels, new stories, uh, new playable characters. Uh, obviously, a bunch of new weapons, things like that. That was great. And then after that was all out, after like the first year, then they started doing smaller DLCs for like holidays and things. They'd release like a small level pack and skins and new guns uh, for like, you know, like Valentine's Day and Christmas and stuff. That was really cool. So they. You know, they supported the game up for uh, two years after release. And then leading up to Borderlands 3 release, they actually released another story expansion, which is unheard of. And Man. very much appreciated. It's 
free for everybody who owned the game. Just another way to advertise and get people uh, stoked about it again. Probably get people streaming the game again. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And it was the, you know, the quality that, you know, I've come to expect from the series. And as much as Gearbox sucks as a, a development team outside of Borderlands, they've given me tons of hours of enjoyment from that series. So I can't hate on them too much. Plus, Randy's Twitter feed. It's a good time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot I can really talk about uh, about Borderlands 3 that you haven't covered. It, to all intents and purposes, it should be like a game of the year contender if it's you know done right. It looks like it will be. Yeah, everything I've I've seen, all the gameplay, all the features that they're adding, it's it's everything we wanted and more. So that's always exciting uh, as a fan going into a game. Um. The, the only thing I haven't liked is just like how much they're promoting it, how much they're showing it before release. Like, I feel like I know everything about it now. And it, it's hard for me to uh, be blacked out to any type of information. But maybe I just need to not be on the Internet until the 13th. I feel like that could be a podcast episode in itself, the way games are almost spoiled if you if you follow just youtube and just media these days before games come out i think i've seen like four hours of astral chain footage i feel like i've seen half the game well you know what that's probably fair that's probably very true all those like developer interviews and things like that that they've been putting out and you know i think it's actually great because you know besides like the bayonettas and metal gear revengeance platinum i don't feel like does a, a ton of advertising for their games so i think it's good that they're getting the word out on this one especially since it's a new IP. But yeah, there there is a little there's a little overdoing it there. Leave something to the imagination. There was something too back in the day where, you know, not only just finding out about a game because it was on a store shelf, but just seeing a couple screenshots in a magazine, reading about it, being like, oh, that's going to be sweet, and then just getting to play it and learning yeah. everything about it there. Or like you said, even just like seeing a game on the shelf, take a look at the back, look at the box art, take a look at screenshots on the back, and be like, yep trying this one yeah younger gamers now would not understand those days no you can't even keep up with all the releases like we're talking about right now these days it was night and day <laughs> yeah i mean we're probably going to talk about like 15 total games here and there's probably like 100 games coming out in september most likely <laughs> i don't know i don't know how many of them are rpg maker releases but i'm just saying <laughs> Yeah, but Borderlands 3, very excited about that. But, I know, Buck, you're not that into that series, and that's okay, but you do have a game coming out for the Switch that day, too. On the 10th. Is that one? Oh, that's Demon X Machina, isn't it? Yeah. And that game, it looks like a... kind of like a new-school Armored Core, almost. Did you play the demo? Dude, I didn't. Okay, well, the demo, actually... It wasn't great, which I is heard what the, I, was, I heard the controls and the frame rate were kind of garbage. Yeah, the controls especially is what got me. The controls were not. I mean, the Switch anyway isn't going to be a great console for first-person shooters if you're playing. Like I was playing in handheld mode. I mean, on the Pro Controller, I'm sure it would be fine. But playing handheld mode, it just it felt felt off, felt awkward. I heard that they've fixed a lot of that and took a lot of fan feedback. So I'm really interested to see if they actually implemented those changes. But I was super hyped for the demo, and then I played it, and I'm like, hmm, don't know about this now. Why would you release a demo in that state that is so counterproductive? It's ridiculous. 
<laughs> yeah, they said they wanted to get feedback, and I mean, I'm glad they did because apparently they got a lot of feedback and made a lot of changes. Well, maybe that is like the only way you can really do like because I know this game, this is not a full budget game, but maybe that's the only way that you can kind of do like an alpha or a beta nowadays within reason is releasing a demo like that. I don't know. It's an interesting strategy, but I don't think it's going to pay off in no, for sales. I mean, it- it soured on it soured me in the game a little bit. I mean, it's already a game that's not going to be on a lot of people's radar. It's very, uh, I love me some uh, Big Macs and, you know, Gundam anime type visuals, which it looks like it should be right up my alley, but the controls kind of turn me off. So I'm definitely going to wait on the reviews and see. Like, if it does get really good reviews and they fix a lot of the things, I mean, this game is going to be awesome. It's basically uh, cell shaded, like, more anime style armored core. Now, is it is it more slow paced like Armored Core, or is it more fast paced like Virtual On? Just curious. Uh, <laughs> the one I play is more slow. Well, depending upon Core. how many frames you're playing with. I think it's supposed to be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Maybe like a, I would say probably a little bit faster paced. Definitely faster paced than Armored Core, but not not as fast as Virtual On. Maybe like a Zone of the Enders. Uh, type deal which is also you know pretty quick but there wasn't a lot it was mostly melee yeah well that's not that's not uh bad to shoot for uh those were zone the Ender games were great uh is there like mech um customization and things like that yeah there's there's a ton of customization which is an armored core aspect comes into it i mean you could um, customize basically every piece of equipment you put on there so you're Get down to like each arm, each leg, you know, the body, head, different loadouts for weapons, which that was a really cool part. And of course, in a demo, you can't really play with it too much because you don't only have so many tools at your disposal. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't expect that they'd give you the uh, the whole, whole toolkit. Uh, so is it is it kind of is it level based, mission based or is it is it kind of open world or did you get what any... I played was mission based. Okay. So it was mission based and it was very, I don't know, it just didn't, didn't really gel with me. It was a lot of menu driven, mission based, um, just a little bit of story. Of course, they can't get much on a demo again. But the customization I thought was the coolest part of it. And then I got to, got all hyped up and my sweet looking like yellow robot decked out. And then I got to fly him and it kind of went downhill. <laughs> that, is, that is quite unfortunate. I was hoping to hear better things than that. But hopefully, from what I've read, that they supposedly fixed a lot of issues. So I still have fairly high hopes for it. It's just not going to be a... It was going to be a day one purchase, and now it's going to have to wait a little bit. So do you think this... Uh, this is like an honest question here. Do you think this is an issue uh, with like the developers and the development time? Or do you think this is more of an issue with them being hamstrung to the Switch? I would think a lot of it would be them being hamstrung to the Switch. For power's sake, because if you've, I'm sure you've seen the game and seen video, like it looks gorgeous. It does look gorgeous, but it, the, the graphic, it's very stylized. That's the best way oh, to put for it. Oh, for sure. It's stylized. It doesn't look, the processing requirements for it may not be that demanding though, because it's not that detailed. Yeah, kind of like, like Xenoblade. Like it's very, very stylized and looks good and it's going to hold up well in the future, but it's not necessarily, you know, there's, might not be a lot of, of fine details in the mechs. But they're they're bright and look cool. Yeah, so that that's like one thing that I'm just like, well, then maybe it's just the optimization. Uh, maybe maybe that's more of the issue. I don't know. We'll have to see. 
if they got if they got it uh, ironed out and the gameplay is good on launch, that's all that matters. I just I think they're probably going to lose a large amount of sales though releasing that demo. I think they just will lose a large amount of sales releasing it this month. That just seems like a horrible idea. Well, that's fair. Well, next to Borderlands Three, uh, if if your only options are Steam and the Switch, well, you're going with Damon X Machina. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's more Switch goodness though to come here on the twentieth. This may is is this your biggest Easily. game of the of, of the month or even the year? For sure, the month. I mean, I still. Yeah, I'm still not crazy about the uh, claymation art style, but I don't care. I mean, it was the best or second best Zelda game of all time, in my opinion. And of course, that's Link's Awakening. Yeah, getting that lovely remake. God, it looks I think it looks beautiful. I think that animation style looks great. Um, I, I not saying that my only issue with it is that that game, I feel like you know, kind of the different, um, you know, like story beats it has. I think those gra- that graphic style is a little too lighthearted for the story of that game. But I mean, it's, it's a very dark story, but it's not told in a dark way, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And you are right. Most of the game does seem pretty jolly, but it'll be interesting to see how they convey that kind of Oh, I mean, they did it on the Game Boy. I'm sure they can freaking do it on the Switch. What am I thinking? <laughs> it's freaking Nintendo. This game will be great. Yeah, it will. It'll be awesome. Because like you said, like if you play it as a kid, you're just going to take the story for what it is. And if you play it when you're a little bit older and think about it, you're like, that was that was super dark, actually. And it's one of those games, like if, if you don't even care about the story, it doesn't matter. The gameplay's awesome. Oh, but put together, is, is it's a perfect awesome. package. Like it... It's great. Like the fact that they made such an amazing Zelda experience, let alone a video game on the original Game Boy is ridiculous. And they did it just in their their off time. They were literally developing this game as just a side project in between doing other stuff just because they wanted to. And that's crazy that they came out with definitely the best Zelda game story wise and maybe the best Zelda game ever, in my opinion. You know, that probably that's probably why there's there's just so much like unique flair to it just so much charm overall that that yeah. i actually didn't know that that's pretty interesting though it kind of does uh, uh speak more highly of the fact that it, it's it's such a, a perfect zelda game like you said and uh, it will be interesting to see uh what what all they do with it i know graphically as far as i'm concerned it'll look stunning but as, as far as i can tell the only thing that they're adding to the game is that like custom dungeon uh, mode where you can like challenge your friends to your custom dungeons that you find like different tile sets throughout the game that looks a little half-baked not gonna lie i mean that's not what i'm getting it for so i don't really care i just look at it as a kind of a just thrown in bonus but man that's the i have a lot of a lot of memories growing up me and my cousin we played that and actually played all the game boy Zelda's, which is probably why i'm so fond of those went through those with my cousin monk and really had a good time through the summers doing that but yeah link to the or links awakening not link to the past links awakening is just 10 out of 10 game all day and you like you said you can really tell that it was a passion project by the developers and it makes sense with the the backstory and everything to it so i'm sure they'll do it justice it's nintendo i'm not worried about it just not a big fan of the art style Hey, maybe it'll grow on you. We'll have to find out. 
Yeah, that's true. Because that'll be that's definitely day one purchase right there, hands down, no questions asked. What about you? Uh, that one's probably <laughs> amongst all of these releases. That one's probably <laughs> going to go on the back burner a little bit. I still haven't decided which ones I'm going to go for. Borderlands three is the only for sure one besides Final Fantasy eight and maybe one of the other ones coming up. And like you said, eight kind of doesn't really count as much to me because I mean it's a budget title it's a third of the price as the rest of these so that de- that definitely does help I'm not gonna lie I know both our budgets have you know gotten cut a lot in the past year so gotten cut and good lord even if I was even if I had uh, the most money that I've ever had this is a lot of <laughs> this is a lot of games that I would want to buy in too That's short a period of time so gotta make sacrifices here along the way so uh, we've got a couple games coming out on the 24th. We got a sequel to uh, a game that I did ever actually thought was probably going to get a sequel, and that's the Surge 2, uh, which is coming out for pretty much everything except the Switch. And uh, I, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before. The, the Surge is uh, Deck 13's second attempt at a, a Souls-like game. They're the ones who did the... Uh, oh... Is it the the fallen? Oh, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. They had one, and then they and then they worked on the surge, and it turned out to be a really good game. It's actually one of my favorite Souls likes that I've ever played. It's kind of like a a science fiction take on Dark Souls, which is cool. It's nice to have it in a you know a different theme. Uh, the the biggest gimmick is obviously there is fast paced like melee combat. That's pretty much all it is. The main way that you you get stronger is obviously defeating enemies and getting scraps, which are like souls. But you also uh, you target different body parts of the enemies and they have different pieces of equipment that are attached to them. And uh, while you're fighting them, if you do like execution moves, you can remove the armor and get schematics in different pieces from it and then go ahead and craft that equipment and put it on your rig, which is like your your body armor. And uh, it gives you different like combat proficiencies that help you with your different your different weapons or like your mobility or your stamina management, stuff like that. So unlike the Soul series where you're kind of just like searching around uh, areas for like different weapons and things like that, uh, you're actively like harvesting them from your enemies. Yeah, so. I mean, it was it was actually it was a free game on PS Plus, I want to say a month or two ago. So I actually got to play it for the first time and it was solid souls-like game like you said i mean in the the futuristic setting definitely is a breath of fresh air after all the medieval fantasy and the rest of them even neo was basically you know japanese medieval culture so it's nice to have one set up in the the future yeah no absolutely and i mean i i really enjoyed the game i've probably played it two or three times at this point but that's typically what i do with a a souls-like game that i really enjoy and uh from all of them that aren't Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and I don't know, Sekiro wasn't so much for me. Uh, it's definitely my favorite. And the second one just seems to be, you know, them just learning from the mistakes that they made with the first game and just building upon all the strengths of it. So the combat, they still have all of the, you know, the different harvesting of equipment and things of that nature. I think they have, you know, like co-op now, like online co-op. So uh, they're definitely adding a lot more for players to get it, get excited about. They're, the game's going to be substantially longer. It'll be interesting to see. I've, that, this is another game that I've been trying to 
uh, be media blackout on, which has been a lot easier because literally like no coverage at all. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like Pretty the only one. I'm the only one that knows it's coming out. I'm the only one ex- who's excited it's coming out too. I actually did know it was coming out. I can't say it's going to be one I'm going to be checking out unless it drops a lot in price, but I did know about it at least. And it, it might be one that I, I wait on too, uh, because there is a, another Soulsborne uh, type game coming out this month too that we'll get to that I think I'm a looks, little bit more excited about. It looks more interesting to me. Oh, I'm sure it does. Uh, but the Surge 2, if it you know backs up the promises that the developers are saying, the things that they're improving on the first game, I think it's definitely one to keep uh, you know your eyes on. Even if you don't buy it right when it comes out, I think it's definitely going to be worth $30, $40 price tag because the, the first game was, even though I know a lot of people didn't give it the time of day. Definitely be on the lookout for that. But if that's not your cup of tea, there's also one other game that's coming out on the 24th, and that's going to be for more old school games. Actually, I thought you were actually talking about this game first because you said game that you never thought would get a sequel. And I was like, okay, Konami, Contra, yeah. I never thought we'd get another Contra. I threw you for a loop on that one. But yeah, <laughs> Contra Rogue Corpse. Uh, 24th, coming out for pretty much everything. This one came out of nowhere, that's for sure. They announced this at E3. Looked very weird. Yeah, it's kind of a, a third-person uh, action game, more like Contra or Neo Contra for the PS2. It looks like some interesting characters. The trailer for it, I'm not sure, really sold me on it. <laughs> but uh, and, well, and the fact that it's made by Konami, I don't know. Do we know if this is a budget? It looks kind of budget. I don't. Know it if it's is. A budget it's game forty bucks. Okay. So it's not as budget as I thought it was going to be, but the game kind of looks budget. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think it is. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think it's only up to two players, but there are four unique uh, characters to play as. I don't know how unique their gameplay is. It looks OK. And that, that's really all I have to say about it. Uh, it's yeah, nice to is... see. Oh, go ahead. It's, it's definitely one where we're going to have to wait for reviews because it's like you I think you were going to say it's nice to see, you know, Contra actually getting a sequel and Konami doing something with their IPs. Yes, yes, so much. Yes, <laughs> but I'm very, very skeptical right now. Uh, we all know what happened with uh, Metal Gear. What the heck was it? Metal Gear Zombies. I don't know. Why I remember what the game was called. Ah, uh, boy. Nope. Don't remember. Yeah, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that, but the Metal Gear Solid zombie game that just came out where you had to literally pay for an extra, it's an extra save slot or something ridiculous. It was like 10 bucks. Gross. Konami, damn it. If there are microtransactions in Contra, I bet Mm. there'll be costumes. I guarantee you that's going to be. Or characters. Could be characters. Could be characters. Well, if it's like Hardcore Uprising, that had cool characters that I was willing to pay for. And that was that was Konami and I think Arc System works together, right? Yep. And that game was amazing. That was as good as any Contra game that's ever come out. Oh, that's, that's I'd argue the it's best better. Contra game. Yeah. So this one, I, I'm not sure, and it's also not in the style that I want. That third person scenario. It's not terrible, but it's not the Contra that we yeah. all love and remember. Why isn't side scrolling just two D? They had that's literally what everyone wants that likes Contra. No one remembers Neo Contra and like, yeah, that's that's the best one. We want more of that. Yeah. 
And Neo Contra is not a terrible game. No. Like, but like if for not having released a game, like when did Hardcore to Uprising come out? Like, I don't know, almost 10, 10 years 10, ago. 11, yeah, something like that. You got to go back to your roots if you're going to revive this series out of nowhere. They are so disillusioned with themselves over there. What are they thinking? I don't know. They're doing like it's so weird because that company with the way they're like marketing Castlevania and have it on Netflix. And it's gotten super popular and it seems like it's doing really well. But yet they do absolutely nothing with the games when they're literally sitting on a gold mine. I have a feeling that they're they don't have all that much to do with like the advertising and that show because that show is incredible. I feel like they're just getting a paycheck off of that and letting somebody else deal with it, which they're they should do that with everything. They should do that with every IP at this point because they're <laughs> pretty much worthless right now. And they have some of our favorite IPs of all time. That's it's a so shame. depressing. That's, sort, that's what really sucks. Is they're they're loaded. They have so much good stuff. Yeah, at least Capcom got their thumb out of their ass. They they've turned the corner. Yes. They absolutely have. So Konami, I have I have no faith in you at all because, you know, I mean, all the crap that they went through with Hideo Kojima and all, all that stuff. And they're like, oh, well, we figured that, you know, these mobile games, these pachinko machines, this is the stuff that really brings us in money. We're sick of wasting money doing these AAA games that aren't bringing us the same return. And they didn't <sighs> let him work with this team like the conditions that there came out crazy like he had to work by himself completely separate from the rest of the team and yeah for like two years yeah it, it was, was crazy. crazy yeah i i i heard about that i, I literally read into the, read up on that probably two or three weeks ago and i was mind blown i almost don't want to buy this game because i don't want to support that and i probably won't because i'm definitely waiting for a review and a discount on this bad boy unless it turns out that it's incredible definitely waiting for a review for sure <laughs> that's enough bashing on konami for this episode <laughs> that's arguably the most we've ever done <laughs> i think so yeah it's well deserved all right so moving on to the 27th of september uh we have that souls like game that we're both looking forward to and that is code vein yeah we've been looking for this one was supposed to release last year and that's the only thing that scares me a little bit as long as those delays were used properly and it made the game better. It doesn't really bother me so much, but we'll have to see. And mind you, a demo comes out on the third, so be looking out for that on PS4. No, definitely have to download that because this is essentially I would call it anime souls, right? And it's co-op, dude. Really? Yeah. You play it co-op. And, and not like find someone sign no. the sea of signs yeah, co-op. Like, like legit co-op. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely very anime inspired, kind of post post apocalyptic, maybe. It's what kind of what the vibe I'm getting from it. But it's supposed to be a very difficult game. Got a lot of RPG elements, a lot of uh, you know very tight uh, melee based combat, and also it looks like some very interesting magic and abilities, like different like blood powers and things of that nature. So it's not. It's stealing, you know, some of the the soul from your Soulsborne games, but it's definitely taking its its own twist on the formula, and it definitely looks very interesting, and it is getting a lot of good press, and I think people are definitely looking forward to it. So hopefully, you it know, sells well. At least, like, it's a new new environment. At least it's not dark fantasy, like we were talking about the surge. It's nice that it's you know sci fi futuristic. At least this is 
you know, post-apocalyptic anime-esque, not just, you know, dark fantasy. Like, all the, basically, the FromSoft games all have kind of a, a similar look and feel. It'd be I fun. want another one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't played Sekiro. I mean, I've heard good things, except except from you, except it was... Yeah, I need to put more time into it. I've only put a couple hours into it. It's just... I think I think the biggest issue that I have with it is that I like I like my RPG elements and it really doesn't have that. And I know that it, I knew that it wasn't going to have that going into it, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to get it anyway, obviously to support uh, from software because they're like my favorite developer right now by far. But uh, I think I just need to be in a different mindset uh, to go into just like a general action game. So. The only knock I have on on from as far as the the graphics and everything of their environments, it's a lot of what I would call like last gen, like the 360 and PS3 had lots of you know dark colors and browns and drab, I guess I would kind of call it atmosphere. I mean, there's definitely beautiful places like the Dragon Area in Dark Souls 2 looks awesome, and it's a uh, and like all cool. the all the DLCs for that game are pretty yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the snow too. and. Uh, I was gonna say I didn't actually think Dark Souls three was that bad, but I haven't gone all the way through Dark Souls three, so can, that's, can't that's comment. I know you didn't that. play that much of Bloodborne. Bloodborne's the most unique one. I don't know why Bloodborne never really caught me. I don't know either, but I mean, I've probably been given a fair shake to be honest. That could be your second row. I don't know. Could be. Could be your Hollow Knight at this point, but I know <laughs> you haven't bad. tried that hard. But uh, to get back to Code Vein, like I said, it comes out on the 27th pretty much for everything except for, I don't think it comes out on the Switch, but definitely PS4, Steam, and Xbox 360, or Xbox One, probably not 360, Data can handle it. I don't Looks really interesting, and the fact that it's it actually has like easy-to-use co-op mechanics, and I don't know if you can play with more than two people. You may be able to play with three, not really sure about all that. Definitely something to look out for, because it could be a really unique experience. It should be really fun. I mean, it looks it looks awesome. And I was just going back and forth between that and Astral Chain as to, I'm going to get one of them, as to which one. Code Vein so. is co-op. Code Vein is co-op. <laughs> right? Are and I'm going to get it, PS- but you know I won't have time to we play it with you, because we never play games, time. and you're never online. I mean, you're not either, though. Oh, that's so, true. To be fair. Um, so <laughs> that could be a deciding factor for you. But I totally understand if you wanted to get another game for your Switch. That makes the sense. Because you're not getting Code Vein for your Switch. That's true. Because Astral Chain my 360. Is... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because Astral Chain is a Switch. No, it's not. It's, it's not Switch exclusive. No. Yeah, it is. It is? Yeah. It's okay. it's a Nintendo property. Like Nintendo literally owns it. Interesting. I don't know why I thought only Di- Di- Damon X Machina was an exclusive. Interesting. No, like Astral Chain, I'm pretty sure is like a, they're making it a Nintendo IP just developed by Platinum. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Well, then you can just get whatever game you want, man. Or you can pinch some pennies and get both. It's up to you. Just getting Contra. <laughs> just gonna get Contra. Well, I've lost all faith in you. I don't <laughs> trust your judgment. All right, so that le- that leads us to uh, one other game that we're excited. Well, I don't know how excited we are. It's cool that they're releasing it for the Switch, and that's Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh, I'm actually really excited about that. Uh, you're excited about that retro mode? 
Not really. I'm going to play the new one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm excited I, about. I really love the uh, retro Dragon Quest games, but no, I'm going to play it. I didn't play it on PS4. Did you pick up the demo? I haven't played it yet. There's like a 10-hour demo out there. On and the it carries over, right? Yes, it does. Although, I haven't figured out... Well, I think it auto-saves. I don't think you can actually manually save. Because I was going through the menus, and I was trying to figure that out. Because um, I was like, oh, well, if my Switch dies, I don't want to lose my progress. But I think it auto-saves. And uh, yeah, I've played it for about an hour. And outside of the fact that you can like move your character around within like the combat circle... It feels like a Dragon Quest game. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it, it seemed it it's Dragon Quest to a T. Uh it's lighthearted. My o- my overused word of charming. But no, I mean there's there's nothing wrong with a good good Dragon Quest game. There like you said, we talked about Mario Kart in the last podcast. I think they're spaced out enough where, where you don't really get tired of Dragon Quest games because they don't just get, you know, rehashed all the time. Yeah, I think the only way you could do that is if you're not really into that very, very old school classic RPG experience. If that is what you is if that's what you're not looking for, Dragon Quest isn't gonna do it for you. Because honestly, outside of graphics and story, they pretty much all play the same. Yeah, it's not gonna reinvent the wheel, that's for sure. No. It is tried and true classic RPG, and if that's what you're looking for, that's cool. It's a it's kind of a comfort series, honestly. Oh, it definitely is, and that's uh, probably one reason I want to get it. <laughs> and the last one that we really got into was, well, obviously, like the last one was nine, honestly, yeah. <laughs> on the DS, and that was cool because of the co-op and all that good stuff. It had a decent story, and the the job system was cool. Oh yeah, nine was nine was awesome. Like you said, the co-op made it super unique, which I wish more RPGs would do that because I don't think there's really any other RPG period that does the jump in other people's games with your own character co-op where you can still explore and you can join their battles if you want to. Like I don't know how someone hasn't copied that. Yeah, if, if they have, it's on the Switch, and I just haven't found it in the eShop. It's it's hard telling. I guess there's a small possibility of that, yeah, but there, there's a chance. Uh, from what I've played of Dragon Quest XI, I'd say if anybody's like really interested in it and they have some experience with Dragon Quest, and the most experience that probably like recent players would have is with Dragon Quest VIII, and that's probably the closest comparison. And if you liked that, you're probably going to like Eleven. Yeah, I mean, it should be. Eight was a, I, for whatever reason, I couldn't really get into it, but it's definitely a really good game. And I'm excited to to try 11. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up immediately because, like, we talked about this episode, there's an insane amount of things coming out. And obviously money is always a little tight, but time, too. There's not enough time to play these even if we had all the money. That's true. And it's also going to be a full-price release, so it's going to be 60 bucks. But it is important to note that the Switch version does get get this retro mode exclusive, which is... Basically, you can play the entire game as if it was like a 16-bit Dragon Quest game, which that's pretty cool. That's a really cool, that's a crazy huge extra because they had to put a lot of time into making the whole game. Yeah, I I was kind of curious, like I'm sure this is not going to be the case if you can like swap between them on the fly like you can with some games like the, uh, was it the Monster Boy series where you could do that? 
But I feel yeah. like that would not work out. <laughs> that would be kind of tough. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off like the messenger. Just swap back and forth. Well, I mean, that's that's just part of the gameplay. That's a gameplay feature, <laughs> um, which was cool. Yeah, but hopefully you can switch like you can switch in the menu before you start up the game. Yeah, that's that, what that, I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping that you're be, not locked into the mode the whole time. Like you can say if you want to do 16 bit or you know current. Yeah, because it would be cool to like compare like different areas uh, and the different graphic styles. I think that would that would be very interesting. So yeah, that that's a that's a great Switch exclusive. I don't see it coming to the other consoles. So and, and it looks it looks great on the Switch. Like I said, I played the demo for a couple hours and. It looks fine to me. And I mean, the game's not a graphic powerhouse, but it is very clean, and crisp and pretty. But it's not one of those really detailed. Oh, my God, I've got to get every frame of animation and things like that. It's a very yeah. it's a very stylish. It'll look great exactly. in That's 20 years. Say. It's stylized like we talked about with Damon X Machina. It's yes. stylized with those sweet Akira Toriyama designs. Yes, it is. It's a graphic style that will look good in 20 years. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be that that's basically rounding out the month. I know there is a bunch of other games coming out this month. I don't know what they are. It was enough <laughs> for me to catch up on all of these at this point. But these are the ones that we're most excited about. Some of them I know we're not going to pick up. Some of our friends are kind of into some of these series as well. But god, there's probably like 5 or 6 of these that are going to be uh rough on my wallet this month. Uh probably won't pick them up right away, but over the course of the next two or three months, I'll, I'll hopefully get a chance to play them. Yeah, sometime coming in here between the rest of this year into like the, the holidays and Christmas, probably going to be a lot of these getting picked up. I'm terrified to see what else is coming out this year. I mean, I, I know we got we got Pokemon coming out. Is that November? Yeah, Luigi's Mansion is in, in October. That's a good time for that to come out. Let's be real. <laughs> by the time all that comes out, we got Final Fantasy VII coming out at the beginning of next year. Yeah, that's crazy that still doesn't seem real i'll believe yeah, like, it when it comes out <laughs> well, I, i'm with you there ever since e3 they showed all that gameplay and they've been showing that it's actually a real thing i don't know i'm skeptically excited <laughs> me let's too put it, let's put it that way i'll fanboy out for, for it when it comes out even if it <laughs> takes them 10 years to put out the whole thing at I least don't, i don't want it to but cool i'm actually kind of glad that they're like adding like new story beats and stuff to it like, they're not just, like, padding everything out. They're trying to add things to it, but I hope that they don't ruin the flow. It should be good, at least from what we've heard from everyone at E3 and everything. Like, it, it sounds like they didn't screw it up, so that's all I'm happy about. All right, Square Enix. We'll see. So, yeah, so that's what we're excited about in September. Definitely one of the, the best uh, months for video game releases that we've seen in a long time. Definitely let us know if you guys have, if you guys are looking forward to any of these games or some other games that we may have missed, other games that you're looking forward to in the future. And also let us know if you, if you like, you know, this type of episode. You know, I know we have a lot of different types of episodes that we're doing uh, in between, you know, our countdown of our favorite games. This is a really fun episode because obviously we just like theorizing about games that are on the way that we're excited about. That's cool. And, uh, and that's what most gamers talk about anyway. Uh, let us know uh, if you're into it and you want us to keep doing it, because I know I'd be down for it. Even in, oh, yeah, same even in you know, like less busy and exciting months, maybe just making like half an episode on you know, the stuff that's coming out, what we've been playing. We can kind of combine those. That might be interesting to do. So, Buck, where can they find us? You can find us, as always. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming. 
go ahead and uh, give us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the episode or our previous episodes. And feedback's always appreciated. We're also on uh, the iTunes App Store and SoundCloud. And that's where you can get all of the podcasting goodness. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. You've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.